Hi, Mama. I'm so glad you're here today. I am excited to jump in to a little bit of parenting today. We are going to use everything we've been learning in restoration theory. So if you haven't listened, go back, listen to the six episodes on restoration theory because it is what we're basing so much of our stuff on. And it's such a powerful theory. It's created by my professor, Dr. Terry Hargrave. He is amazing. It is amazing. Check my show notes for links to more information about it. But today we're going to use some of that to jump into parenting and have just like a tool in your tool belt to parent your kids. And before I jump in, I just want to remind you, make sure you are in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. We dive deeper into the topics. I um, go live once a week so that you can see some visuals of some of this stuff and I answer any questions you have. And it's just a great community of moms that are going through the same thing. Parenting is so hard and healing is so hard. So we got to do it together. We can't do this alone. So make sure you jump in there. There's a link in my show notes for that as well. And I can't wait to see your face. Please message me. I would love to hear your questions. I would love to meet you and get to know your story more. And post in the Facebook group too, because I know there's a lot of other moms that would benefit from your questions as well. So I hope to see you there. And I'm excited to jump in today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. Okay, Mama, I am excited for today's episode. I, I want to start off by just talking about for a minute how important this healing journey is. Now, I know, you know, obviously I'm all about the healing. I'm a therapist and this is what the whole podcast is about. But I just have seen and heard from so many mamas that just talk about how they don't have time for this. Like they don't prioritize this because you know, a lot of us feel like we're in survival mode. And while I don't believe that is the life God has for you, I also get it. Kids are a lot of work. There are so many moving components. It's, it is just, it can feel like absolute chaos. I can get that mentality. You're just trying to get through. You have your kids to take care of. You have maybe a job. You have your role as a wife. You have your role as a friend. You have your role as a church member. It goes on and on, doesn't it? And so taking time to heal from your past, who has time for that, right? <laughs> that opens up this whole can of worms. Isn't it better if I just keep it shoved down and just push through, get through, and then someday I'll work on that stuff, right? So I actually think healing, finding healing for yourself, going through this healing journey, whether that is through the podcast or therapy, some combination, grabbing coaching. I'm going to have some coaching programs for you all soon. Whatever it looks like, I believe that it is actually the most powerful thing you can do as a parent. 
When we heal ourselves first, we then come in to parenting as healed people, as healed parents. When we heal, it changes everything. I know you might think that you're handling all of your baggage really well and that you don't need to deal with it because you've gotten this far and you're, you know, doing great at your job and, you know, your kids are fine or you're making it through. But I, I guarantee you that if you have unresolved stuff that you haven't looked through, you haven't taken the time to process, it is affecting you in some way. And I think, you know, I've heard from a lot of moms and I think where it comes out the most is when our kids trigger us. And that's going to happen to every one of us, right? Our kids are learning and growing and there are many ways that they can trigger us. And so it's going to happen. It's inevitable that they're going to trigger us at some point. The question is, how are we going to respond in those moments? That pain cycle gets kicked up and we act out of that pain. Now, we will always have our pain cycles. You know, we are always going to be a work in progress on this earth. We are never going to reach perfection. It's not our job. But if there are unresolved things, that destructive coping is going to be a lot bigger those wounds, you know, we talked about neuropathways in our brain and how when we have these wounds, the pain gets connected to a coping behavior because our brain does not like to be in distress and it likes pattern. It likes the same thing again and again. And so it creates these neuropathways. That's, that's how we can get triggered with our pain. We have our way of coping. Even if it's unhealthy and destructive, our brain likes it because it knows that pathway. And so the more entrenched that pathway is, the deeper it is because of those deep wounds that you haven't resolved, the easier it's going to be to go more quickly to that place of destructive coping and more deep into it. Because when we begin to heal, we start forming a new pathway. And that pathway is our pathway of peace from our peace cycle, where we have the truth about who we are and the truth about our safety, which leads to a new action, the actions we want to be doing. We're going to be loving for our kids. We're going to be safe for our kids. I'm not at all trying to cause any kind of guilt in anyone or shame. That, you know, I hope by now is not what I'm here for. But I just want you to see that seeking healing is actually the opposite of selfish. When you seek healing, when you take that time for yourself, you're giving your kids such an enormous gift. You're going to show up for them so much better. You're going to maybe start enjoying being a mom. I think that is such a struggle of so many of us that we might not want to admit, but they don't actually we don't actually sometimes love this mom life. And if you're stuck in that pain then and you're getting constantly triggered by your kids, no wonder you don't love it. That makes complete sense. You're in this state of danger. Your brain senses a threat at all times, and so you you are literally in a survival mode. No one would enjoy that. So when we find that healing, we can show up so much better for our kids. We can get out of that fight or flight mode and just be present and and enjoy motherhood. There's so much that comes from it. Along with that, our healing or lack thereof sets the limits for our kids. Now, this doesn't mean that they are limited forever because they then get to grow up and make their own choices. And God can heal and redeem anything but we can only bring them as far as we have gotten. 
I've heard a couple analogies about this. One is that we we set the floor for our kids. So we are, you know, growing and climbing and wherever we reach, you know, we get to kind of create this floor for our kids to start from. Now, again, this isn't determinant of their, you know, life forever because I believe in the power of God to do anything. But I, I know I want to reach as far as I can. I want to give them every advantage that I can by growing and learning and being my best self. And so if, if you have not healed and you're not taking the time to go there, then your kids might be more likely to never heal themselves. And often the areas where we aren't healed will set these limits on them. One example is that we're going to fear whatever hurt us. So when our kids get near something that hurt us, or, you know, sometimes, you know, fear is kind of like a virus and it just spreads and spreads. And so maybe, you know, you have this unresolved point of healing and, you know, you are fearful about this one thing, but that spreads to other things because fear just wants to take over. Fear doesn't know how to stop. Fear just keeps going until we tell it to. And so anytime our kids get near this point of fear we have, we are going to be reactive. We're going to step into that fear. For example, if we were wounded by bad relationships, by by men, if we were wounded and we have not resolved that, anytime our kid, our daughters go near men or go near a dating relationship, what are we going to do? We're going to become fearful because the only thing we know is to fear men. We only know to fear that. And that's that's an extreme example. But it, it can happen with anything, you know, like maybe it's in other relationships. Maybe we were really wounded by some friends. And so we kind of uh, tell our kids, whether it's whether it's directly or indirectly, we tell them that you should probably not have close friendships. I think family is best. You should just stick with family. And that is going to limit our kids. There's a million of examples of this, and I'm sure all of us fall into something in this way, even if we've gone through healing. You know, there could be things not in our our sight. But the idea is that unless we heal from these things, they are going to subconsciously impact the way we parent, the way we talk about things, the way we encourage our kids. And so they are going to set these limitations in our kids' lives. And again, mama, I want to make sure you don't hear that and take away guilt or shame. I just want you to see the value in pouring into yourself, into seeking this healing and taking the time, the resources to to find this healing, deal with the stuff that you've been through because it doesn't just impact you. It's like one of the greatest gifts you can give to your kids. So I just really hope that you see the value in that and you can take that time for yourself. Okay, jumping now into a little bit of parenting, like I said, we we're going to do today. So first, I want to tell you the number one parenting hack of all time. It's going to be a lot simpler than you think. The number one hack is for you to stay regulated. Now, when I say regulated, that means that your brain is not in fight or flight. That means your brain is not in your pain cycle. You are not feeling that fear or the inadequacy or whatever those core feelings are for you. You're not in that mode. 
And then that means you're not acting out of your destructive coping. So if you can stay regulated, it is going to change so much for you. And maybe I shouldn't say stay because we're all going to get triggered. I just said that. Always, we're always going to get triggered. That pain cycle isn't going away. We're going to get power over it. It's going to get weaker and weaker, but it's going to be there. We're going to get triggered. These kids are hard. (laughs) They're amazing. God's gift, but it's so hard. If anyone ever tells you parenting is not hard, they are lying. But the trick is to get to a place of being regulated before you do any parenting. Because if you imagine part of the goal of parenting, especially when you have young kids, I think generally this is always true, but it's kind of the picture is most clear with young kids. You know, maybe there's a kid that is, you know, struggling with their emotions. They're out of control. They are, their body is losing control. Maybe their words are losing control. Maybe they're whining or crying. They are, they're demonstrating so clearly that they are dysregulated. And we talked about how if our kids are dysregulated, they are not able to learn. And if part of parenting is teaching our kids the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it, they cannot learn when they're in that state of dysregulation because their prefrontal cortex is not engaged. They're in that fight or flight mode. And when we're in that mode, we cannot learn. So part of parenting is to help our kids get regulated, right? Because we want them to learn. And so if we want them to learn, they have to get calm and get regulated. But here's the kicker. You cannot regulate someone if you yourself are not regulated. (laughs) And I mean, put yourself in that scenario with maybe your most challenging kid and they are losing it, you know, whatever that looks like. How are you feeling? How are you doing inside? What do you end up doing? Most likely it's going to trigger that fight or flight and maybe you have gotten stronger and you're able to control that, which is great. And that's the goal we're looking for. But I know so many of us struggle with this. I know so many moms that they say like, when I get triggered, this is when I lose it. This is when I act in the ways I don't want to. This is when I struggle. And so If we know this triggering is coming, we have to be prepared to get through it. And so I want you to keep in your mind, you are not going to be able to regulate your child if you yourself are not regulated. It's kind of like the (laughs) analogy everyone uses, right? Uh, You got to save yourself first. Like if you're on an airplane, you got to put the oxygen mask on your face first because that ensures you will be cognizant. You won't pass out. You'll be able to help your kids because if you are not present, if you are not breathing, you cannot help your kids put their masks on, right? So this is kind of the same idea. You've got to calm yourself down. You've got to get to a regulated place so you can help your kids get there as well. So this is where our four steps comes in handy. There's a few ways you could do this. Now, it's always a good idea to say the four steps out loud. So I'm going to talk to you in a second about how you can do this with your kids in a healthy way. But, you know, it might not always make sense. You know, if they're flailing around the room, they're not going to be able to listen to you. It just doesn't make sense. So ways you can do this on your own. You could, you know, if you're able to keep the situation safe, you can step to the side and tell yourself the four steps out loud. 
If your husband is there, you can tell him, tell him, hey, I am getting so triggered. Go through your four steps. I think most situations, you can find a way to use these four steps and say them out loud before you jump in. You know, even taking, for example, the the situation I said, if your child is flailing around and being unsafe, what you can do is gently try and grab their hands or their arms or give them a big bear hug. And as you're doing that, you know, tell yourself these four steps. Trick is, if you're dysregulated, make sure you're doing this gently because, you know, out of that dysregulated place, we can get aggressive. And so if you don't trust yourself to do this, then definitely don't use this technique. But, you know, you could grab them in a hug. And, you know, as you're holding them, before you try and talk to them about what's going on with them, go through your four steps. Even if they're not listening, you could kind of direct it just towards yourself. Try and do it out loud if you can. If you really are in a pickle, you can do it in your head, but it's always more powerful to do it out loud. And here is how you could do it directed towards your kids. And this is actually a really powerful thing because you are modeling for them what they can do when they get dysregulated because obviously it's going to happen to them too. And so you are showing them the way out. You are showing them by example what they can do. And we know that example is the most powerful thing, powerful way to teach our kids. And so if you can show them this, if you are able to do this, this is fantastic. So you know you have to obviously tailor this to the situation and what happened. But let's let's assume maybe your first reaction was you got a little angry with, um, you know, maybe your kid wasn't listening, and you were a little bit harsh or angry. So this is what this could sound like if you're like, no, I don't want to keep going down this path. I want to reset the situation. We're gonna get on the right track here. So you could say something like this: Hey, buddy, mommy feels a little bit out of control right now, and. I got angry and I was harsh with you and I'm so sorry. I right now I'm reminding myself that I am in control of my emotions and I'm going to choose instead of getting angry, I'm going to take a deep breath and show them that deep breath and I'm going to talk with you to problem solve this situation. So that is how you can model it. You don't want to put your emotions on them you know, but you're not. If you go through the four steps, you are taking uh, control and responsibility of those emotions. So you are modeling for them what they could do. Now, at the end, I said problem solve. This can be replaced with setting a boundary, a consequence. You know, there's a lot of things you can replace that with. But that was just an example of what, what might be happening. Taking responsibility for yelling, apologizing, talking about where that came from, and showing them how to make a different choice. Okay, and so this the second part of parenting then is co-regulation. This theory is very big on self-regulation. We alone are responsible for managing our own feelings and our own actions. And while we want to do it in relationship, because we're saying this out loud, hopefully with someone that we trust, we are alone are responsible. Now, there are other theories out there that um, are about co-regulation, kind of using the other person to help you get to that place of regulation. And while I really believe that for adults, self-regulation is what the Bible calls us to, for our kids, you know, especially until they're, you know, probably like teenagers, co-regulation is what I believe we are called to as parents. 
So this is jumping into their situation and helping them regulate, helping them get to a place where they can calm down, where they can begin making those healthy choices and understanding what is going on. So this is what it looks like. Get down. I've heard it suggested if you can even get below eye level. So get crouched down on the floor, eye to eye with your kids. But even if you can be slightly lower than their eyes, it helps kind of reduce that fight or flight response. Because, you know, we're so tall and big. And so just having like a big person over them can feel threatening when it's in kind of a moment of uh, pain or crisis. And so helping get below that eye level can really help with helping them feel safe. So you're going to get down below eye level and say something like this. Hey, bud, it seems like you're feeling like you can't control yourself. Or you could say it, or you're alone and all by yourself. Or maybe, it, you know, it seems like mommy doesn't love you. Or maybe you're feeling like you aren't safe. So what we're doing is we're going through the four steps with them. But they don't have the language for that, most likely. We barely have the language for that. So, you know, trying to take a stab at what you think might be going on with them internally. You know, and you can use words like sad or mad. But what can be even more powerful is to take something from that list of feeling words I gave you. So just try and just almost memorize it. Like look over it regularly so you can have an idea of those feelings. So you can help your kids identify what feelings they might be but you just might want to rephrase it so that they can understand it. For example, like one of the words is out of control. So if you, you know, think your kid might be feeling out of control, you might say something like, it seems like you're feeling like you can't control yourself. Forgive me if you hear something in the background. My, my daughter is here. <laughs> We're making it work today, but hopefully it doesn't distract you. Okay, and then you'd want to go to step two. So name what they would usually do or what they're even doing right now. So you could say something like, and I, you feel like you can't control yourself and you want to get angry and scream because it's the only thing you know how to do. Or it could be like, and you feel like you want to just hide in the corner and not let anyone near you or not let anyone talk to you. Or you want to choose not to listen to mommy because it helps you feel a little bit more like you're in control. But here's the thing, bud. So now we're moving to truth. The truth is you do have choices. You always have choices. And so I'm going to help you make a different choice. And then that's going to the fourth step, choosing a new action. Um, and then, or it could be like, the truth is, bud, I am right here with you. And you're not alone. I'm always with you. Or one of my favorite things to do if... Me and my husband have slipped up and we had a disagreement in front of my kids, which is, it's going to happen. For most parents, that that is inevitable as much as you try and take those offline. Sometimes it just isn't possible or, you know, you get too engrossed in your pain cycle and you make a bad choice. So I want you to, one, give yourself grace for that, but to have a conversation about it. You know, you can only imagine what that feels like for a kid to hear their parents arguing, even if it's not like yelling, but you know, you can, when you're in the room with someone that's having a disagreement, even without voices being raised, you can feel that tension and kids can feel that too. They can sense so much more than we realize. And so have a conversation with them and, you know, this could be part of it. So, you know, going to the third step, the truth, I know it was hard 
to hear mommy and daddy arguing. And I wonder if you felt like we weren't there with you and you weren't safe. And right now it seems like right now you want to get angry because you don't like that feeling. But here's but the truth is that mommy and daddy love each other. We still love each other. Sometimes adults have disagreements and we have to work through them, but we love each other and we are committed to each other. So just like reinforcing that truth that, yeah, we, you know, we had disagreement and hopefully you handled it well, but if not, talk about it, you know, like if you can have these conversations with your kids just to help them understand what was happening, help them understand what they were feeling and just kind of, uh, put that fear to rest because they don't need to be worried, you know, that isn't theirs to carry. So then we move to the fourth step. So an example might be instead of yelling, I want to help you make a different choice. So now there's a few things you could put here. One, set a boundary if your kid is being unsafe or disrespectful or something that there needs to be a boundary set, set that boundary. You know, maybe there's um, a consequence involved taking something away, whatever you use for discipline. Maybe that's the spot where you talk about that. But maybe it's not something like that. Like one of the behaviors we talked about is hiding in the corner and not wanting to be around anyone. So with something like that, obviously you're not going to give a consequence, but you could help them talk through that. Say like, hey, you know, you can stay in the corner until you feel safe, but I want you to know I'm here for you and I would love to try and connect with you and talk about what you're feeling and kind of give them that opportunity. Or you could share some coping skills with them. So, you know, saying like, hey, I'm going to help you make a different choice. We're going to help calm your body down. So let's take some deep breaths together and take those big deep breaths with them. Or, you know, you could offer a hug or just like some physical affection. Um, You can do one of those regulation techniques that we talked about. So, you know, folding the paper, throwing the ball back and forth, just swaying back and forth. I believe all those are in episode 21 if you missed that. Okay, so just remember these four steps that you have learned, you can use these same ones with your kids. So help them uh, reflect what they might be feeling, reflect what you see them doing or wanting to do, talk to them about the truth and reinforce that. And just remember your voice as a parent has more power than anyone else's in their life. So you speaking truth to them is creating this internal dialogue that they will carry for the rest of their lives. Just make sure your actions are reinforcing those words. And then lastly, help them see what they can do instead. Help them choose a different action, however you need to do that. Um, It can be through a consequence. Just remember, just because this is coming from pain doesn't mean it's not sin. So if the kid um, hurts someone, yeah, there's going to need to be a consequence. But you also want to help them understand where that came from. So it's setting those firm boundaries and consequences along with helping them understand what is going on so they can already be creating a new neural pathway to use for next time. And one last tip for entering these conversations from a regulated place. One of the favorite things that I do is I pray before I go into these conversations. And I don't just pray internally. I pray out loud. I say, God, I really need your patience right now. Please help me. Give me wisdom. Please help me to be loving. And what that does is it models, again, for our kids. It shows them what they can do in those times of messing up or those times of stress. They can turn to God and seek him. And then, you know, if we're talking about, you know, an alternative action for our kids, another thing that I love to do is say, hey, 
but you need to talk to God about this right now. Let's let's talk to him together. Um, or I want you to go talk to God right now about this. That just helps reinforce this idea that God can support them and you can show them how to do that if you have that conversation with them. But as I continue to do this, you know, my two-year-old is already getting it. You know, I'll ask him to to pray together and he'll say something like, oh, God, I'm sorry I didn't listen. Please help me listen. Thank you, God. <laughs> so simple, but it's the sweetest thing just to see him have that moment with God and just already learn to go to God because God is our source or our strength. You know, he can create these neural, new neural pathways in a moment if he wants to. And when we invite the Holy Spirit in, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the exact things we need in those moments of being triggered in these high stress situations. So make sure you're inviting God into this space. It is a game changer for sure. So I hope that you've grabbed some parenting tips today and that you can begin to have healthier conflict with your kids and through that conflict, really use it to teach them. And I'm praying for you and believing that God is going to be with you in this. Thanks, mom. I love you. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Oh,